scientists and engineers looked at the moon and thought they could send men to walk on it if they could build the hardware. Cellular phones not only are becoming less expensive, they're getting smaller. One piece, handheld, not car phones, street phones. You can now glimpse the future with nothing more than a modem, a phone line, and a few dollars a month. The Google search engine has gotten so popular, it's given rise to something called Googling. Most dot-com retail companies will be out of As you can tell, things have changed. Hi, I'm your host, Jed Tabernero. And I'm Shiko Bandari. And this is the show about technology and the ever-changing digital economy. So technology has come after most traditional blue-collar jobs. Well, is it possible for automation now to, well, automate its own creators, the software engineers that we're talking about, that run the world today? Is the programmer, which has been the most high-demand job in our digital economy over the last 20 years, now under threat by AI? Well, there's a fascinating new technology known as the GitHub Pilot, and has been making waves in the tech industry. Copilot is an automatic coding tool. What that means is the AI Copilot can look at code written by a human programmer and suggest further lines of alternative code, eliminating some of the boring repetitive labor that goes into coding. So you could look at this in a positive way, thinking, hey, this makes it easier to code. Or even you could have a negative view of things where you might be like, is this AI now going to replace my coding job? Today, we continue our conversation with Nick Vincent about the ethics and the irony of AI being able to automate programming itself. You'd mentioned about data labor, right? And this is coming more to the forefront with the advancements in AI. There's this fascinating project, right? Called GitHub Copilot. Basically what it is, is it's this system which is powered by OpenAI. So it has taken a huge leap where it's accessed billions of lines of code available publicly and can create its own kind of code. So now we are not just thinking of, oh, everyone talks about technology replacing jobs, right? But what if technology is replacing technology jobs, right? And that's the whole, you know, weird uh, angle this this progress kind of stoked or started. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of understand your thoughts in this whole space where now programmers are just like, hey, hang on, this is not right. We need to get paid for this, you know, things like that. <laughs> That's funny coming from programmers, right? They've been automating <laughs> people ever since. Every time I talk to a, a AI guy at Amazon, I'm like, dude, don't take away my job, please. <laughs> Uh, no, that's, that's actually basically exactly my reaction and the reaction of like m- my colleagues who work on this, this data labor and data leverage area. So we've been, we've been kind of up on our soapbox yelling for a while about the fact that lots of other systems are basically taking the labor that, that a large group of people have done and then, um, economically benefiting from it. So 
search engines, recommender systems. We talk a lot about how like Wikipedia, which is kind of produced by volunteers for free, is is used by all these AI systems. So like it's used to answer search queries. It's used to provide the authoritativeness of sources on um, like YouTube and Facebook, for instance. Basically, like lots of examples where computer scientists and machine learning folks are using data that lots of people have produced and either kind of was vacuumed up in the case of trace data or exists as a common good in the case of like Wikipedia. Um, and then building these really cool systems, right? And then oftentimes they don't think about necessarily trying to make sure that rewards flow back to the people who contributed. And now it's kind of like the, what's the metaphor here? The uh, rooster has come home or something like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So now the programmers are doing it. Instead of search engine clicks or recommender system clicks or Wikipedia articles, it's GitHub repositories, which programmers wrote. And those are the data. The code is the data. And yeah. Basically, now we kind of have to face up to the harsh reality of that. And not every programmer, first of all, I should say that, of course, lots of programmers do not develop machine learning technologies. Lots of people who contribute code to GitHub do not work for big tech companies. They, you know, are just contributing to open source projects for fun on their own. So it's not like a big haha gotcha moment as much as it is like a moment for sober reflection, I think, where it's like, okay, now programmers have to face the fact that their data labor might be helping to fuel a system that's going to put them out of work. The ethics of it are always going to be a little shaky, right? Because here's the ultimate challenge, right? Is that if I uploaded, I made a GitHub repo three years ago, I may have never imagined that this could ever happen, right? So the the concept of like, uh, of consent and intention here is murky. Because if I never even imagined this was a thing that could happen, right? What What's GitHub supposed to do? Are they supposed to ask every single person who ever uploaded code, code to GitHub? Yeah. S- some might argue, yes. It's open source, um, right? But like... Yeah, I think the main argument for the legality of it is is about fair use and also maybe the there's a clause in the terms of use that says like, you know, Microsoft or at the time just GitHub can do uh, you know, whatever they want with the data for their business. Um but you have you retain all these other rights and licenses and you can pick your license and stuff. My perspective is to wait and see. I'm more making an ethical argument. I'm saying that like ultimately it's true that all the programmers who contributed to to GitHub are our co-creators. They're, you know, kind of like co-owners or co-founders of co-pilot. Yeah. There's definitely in the same way that I would argue that lots of other AI systems should be making sure to distribute their winnings more broadly. Co-pilot should similarly do so. I'm skeptical that a direct paycheck is the way to go right now. But I think that something like supporting a data dividend or making sure that, for instance, maybe some of the proceeds of co-pilot could go back to open source grants, maybe... You know, GitHub can just be really be proactive about making sure that Copilot is like is updated in a way that meets the the needs of the GitHub community. Um, that that's like kind of one way of imagining this as more of a regenerative commons that the 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 reward is the system, right? And that's the argument that like Google and Facebook would make about search and targeted ads is that, for instance, oh, you know, you're getting better ads than you'd get otherwise. Like you're kind of getting something out of this, and Copilot could say, oh yeah, you know, sometimes you you can code a little bit faster. But the the way to make it a fair transaction is for it to be much more transparent and kind of like reactive to the community needs and desires and stuff like that. Yeah, it's 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 such a tough argument because I mean, on one hand, you have all these companies that have benefited from public data, and then on the other hand, you have this algorithm that is using public data to get better at what it's doing. So it's kind of similar, but it's also like on different ends of the spectrum where on one side it was okay, but now it's, it's cutting too close. So now it's getting 
a bit, you know, a bit more shaky when it comes to the programming role itself. Right. Right. I, I read, I read something like, I think Google Books, uh, was also taken to court. It's like, who, yeah. which judge is even savvy enough to know this stuff? You know, like yeah. Google <laughs> downloaded and indexed what 20 million books and created like a database. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court's like, hey, this is uh, fair use claims. And it's broadly beneficial to um, the readers and the authors who can access now literary work online. So I bet they could make a case that, hey, this is going to help so much more. And yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, they can. I mean, a lot of the early discussion was really focused on the concerns around memorization, too, that basically people were like, oh, I gotcha. Copilot is bad because I can make it replicate this line of code. But um, that's that, that's still a separate issue, I think, from this, like, the ultimate question is that do the people who contributed to this, would they say yes if they were asked, right? Like, that's that's a kind of from an ethical yeah. perspective. Uh, and then are there steps being taken to make sure that when these massive public data sets like GitHub code, like Wikipedia, are being kind of, like, vacuumed up and, and used to fuel a, a big AI system operated by a for-profit company? Are there mechanisms in place to make sure that the company isn't just kind of like sucking up all the wealth creation and the corresponding influence and power in the world that comes with it? Yeah. So hopefully all this attention to Copilot can can really actually refocus on how do we share this, the earnings from using technology to the folks that are actually creating it. So both on the consumer side, as well as on the professional programmer side as well. Yeah. So I have a blog post called something along the lines of, I forget the exact title, is Copilot a wake-up call for the um, computing industry, which outlines these thoughts in a much more, uh, you know, I guess, articulate fashion than I, I would do off the cuff. Yeah. Um, but I'd also add that like a really exciting direction is that beyond just kind of like waking up consciousness and making, you know, making programmers aware of this, but also making the general public kind of aware of the issue. Let's say, for instance, that, GitHub decides to make a version of Copilot, make a like maybe five or six different versions that use different training sets based on licenses, right? Kind of trying to preempt the idea that the people people might win lawsuits about about licenses. Um, this is really exciting because you could actually imagine applying this same idea to other types of data, right? If you can release your code with a certain license and that controls the way that AI systems will ingest that, you could actually start sharing other data about yourself, like your preferences, like your browsing history, things like that. In the literal sense, you could start releasing, you could put a CSV file on GitHub with a license file, right? Um, and you could actually imagine this as kind of like being a pretty big paradigm shifter for the way that we think about data and explicit consent, where people actually say, I want this data to be used this way. And I want this other data to be used this other way. And I want companies to actually take it seriously. So there's a really exciting angle to all this is, is all I have to say there. <laughs> I mean, ho hopefully, hopefully we get to that uh, way of thinking, but it is a large cultural shift, right? I mean, we're talking about a lot of these things because tech has grown on an exponential amount and we're just catching up, which is what policy usually does. You know, a bunch of, a bunch of people like you get together and figure out, you know, what can we do to, to make the other stupid people like us try to think about this a lot more often. Generally, like we, we don't have the tools ourselves to figure this stuff out and, and protest to the government that I, I don't know what's happening here, but can you, 
do something about it. But thankfully, we have people like you that are that are coming in and you know trying to at least figure out how can we talk about these kind of things and and how do we solve it. So appreciate your work um, in these areas, man. Copilot today, however, is seeing a huge uptick in coders using AI assistance. Tools like these allow programmers to become more productive, and Copilot is much more effective in augmenting human work than in creating its own code. The AI assistant helping developers go through boring, repetitive code faster seems like a good way to increase our productivity and make us more valuable. For now, that is.